Okay, so I wasn't necessarily going to um, do an episode for this so early. I was going to try to wait as long as I could until, uh, I don't know, maybe next week. It's just that I see so many uh, news outlets and things on Facebook and things on Twitter. And there's so many people talking about it. And I feel like if I don't do it now, I'm doing sort of an injustice, an injustice to myself as well as to anybody out there who like listens to me regularly and kind of has, you know, wanted to hear what I have to say about uh, this movie I want to talk about. So the thing is, is that I don't want to talk about the movie in and of itself. Like we all know what the original was. If you want to see what the uh, the the vision of Zack Schneider, then you know you put in the time and you watch this very long film which is very much worth it to me and I'm going to get into that in a second but what I think has to be stated right off the bat is that people people need to understand that when you read certain reviews a lot of these people go into a film and they don't they don't have any sort of a emotional investment they don't have a a sense of uh how, how can i put this they're, they're sort of closed off to who the demographic of the film is meant to be for and they don't look at it for that they look at it for face value they look at it for what they're supposed to be doing and i get that for a lot of people it's their job it's how they get paid so they have to do and say certain things and a lot of it sometimes you know i feel could be just flair to kind of put an edge to what they're saying. So they're just going to bash it just so they can be the person that bashes it. So other people can go, did you hear about this guy bashing Inception? Like read this article. He Look at what he wrote. This, this, not, this nonsense this guy wrote about Inception. So I've read a couple of reviews already about uh, the Justice League Schneider cut. And it upsets me only for the fact that I'm reading them. And I'm seeing nothing of what I actually want to hear. They're just relating it to how almost every other movie reviewer rates a film. And the thing that I try to do differently is I don't just try to rate it on a basis of how, whether or not I enjoyed it, but I base it also around the fact of whether or not, regardless if I enjoy it or not, you have to highlight what the movie is, what the movie's trying to do, and accept whether or not you appreciate it. I've had many films that I don't necessarily enjoy. I've had more than enough films that I actually do enjoy. And more often than none, a lot of the films I do enjoy, a lot of critics don't tend to enjoy. So, I don't know how I would take that. I do know that there's a lot of people out there that feel the exact same way. They'll read how somebody rated a film that they love... And they'll go, well, this doesn't make any fucking sense. How could, how dare this Joe Schmo on the internet say such bad things about this childhood movie that I love? And if you think I'm lying about that, go look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for The Sandlot. If anybody is in my age demographic and grew up with that movie and love that movie as much as they do, just go look at the review, the, the, the tomato meter for Rotten Tomatoes for The Sandlot, and you'll understand what I mean. So now, let's talk about the fact that 
I feel like the majority of people went into this not realizing that this, to a lot of people, this was stuff that we were anxious for. This was something that was so big for us because for me, for, for myself, I'm a big Zack Schneider fan. I've watched almost every film that he's done. I enjoy his vision. I enjoy how he portrays what the story is meant to portray. I think he's a very talented director, and I think he deserves more credit than what people allow him to be given. And I think that's who Zack Schneider plays to. He plays to the people that are actually out there who do enjoy his vision, excuse me, his vision of films. But not everybody does, and that's okay. I'm okay with you not liking Zack Schneider. You don't have to. That's all opinionated. I'm just saying that I like him, I enjoy him, and I know that there have been movies that has been praised across the board. So he's not a horrible director. He just has a certain vision. And that vision is what a lot of us got invested in when Man of Steel came around. It's what we got invested in when Batman vs. Superman came. And it's what we were going to be invested in with the Justice League because that's what he was doing. When he was originally doing this trilogy, this lineup of what he wanted for the story, it's exactly what Christopher Nolan was doing. When Christopher Nolan did his trilogy for Batman, he didn't even plan the two sequels. He did Batman Begins. It was a hit. They wrote the Batman 2 script. It wasn't a plan for him. Same thing with the third Batman. They're like, okay, you have to kind of... And the story, so you got to write a third script. So there he went. He went and wrote a third script. And we're not going to get another Christopher Nolan Batman. And that essentially what was supposed to be this. But what happened, happened. Zack Schneider didn't give us his vision. And we got the Josh Whedon vision. And a lot of people hated it. And it was critically a wash. And I remember reading an article a couple of weeks ago, and I think I might have mentioned this in another video if I haven't. Let this be the first time I mentioned it. And I'm quoting, When the Justice League came out in 2017, or 2016, whatever year it was, the original release, the Josh Whedon debacle, Zack Schneider's wife, Deborah Schneider, and Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan, who was a producer on these films, by the way, they both went to go see the Justice League without Zack. After they watched it, they went back to Zack and flat out said, you must never watch this movie. And Zack Schneider's never seen the original Justice League film. He's never even bothered with it. But, as we all know, shortly after there was this huge uproar to beg for the vision of what it was supposed to be. Because we all knew that with the downplaying of how these characters were originally done in the Batman vs. Superman film, and what Josh Whedon had done to all of them, we knew it was bogus. We, we called bullshit, and Warner Brothers was like, no, what, what's wrong with you people? It's not, a, it's not a thing. There's no such thing as the Schneider Cut. And we all knew that that was bogus. And we petitioned for it and we fought for it i was one of the first couple hundred people maybe the first thousand people to sign that petition i remember when i signed it i remember seeing i think it was like i was number 848 or 748 i was something with an eight i couldn't i can't think of it but it was definitely three numbers and one of them was an eight i remember that again this is five years ago so i can't 100 percent recall but i remember it popping up and going yes i absolutely have to sign that then Lo and behold, six months ago, they started talking about, oh yeah, you know what, it is real. 
And what you have to what you have to respect about a film like this is that we waited so long for it because we knew and it just kept getting denied. Like imagine a conspiracy theorist finally having them be proven right. And now that it's finally here, you watch it and it really is. And again, I'm not really going to talk about the film because I'd rather people watch it for themselves. But you have to understand, it is 100% a completely different film. And let me go into a couple of minor details just about, say, character development. Batman is essentially the same across the board. He's not a doofy, rich dude, and it doesn't make any sense because that's not how he was betrayed in Batman vs. Superman. No, the character is pretty much very similar across the board. Again, um, Wonder Woman, she's still very strong, very uh, very much how we all know her from not just Batman vs. Superman, but also her two Wonder Woman films. And Aquaman is less of a doofy surfer guy. Like, he's actually taken more seriously, like he's supposed to be King of the Ocean, and it makes more sense than how he was betrayed in the first film. Fucking flying through the sky, going, woo like fucking Goofy from fucking um, Mickey Mouse's Playhouse or some shit. Like, Aquaman is a warrior, and he should have been betrayed as that. And it wasn't like that in the Justice League Schneider cut, because he was just portrayed as this big doofy dude who comes out of the ocean and swings a trident. You actually see a warrior. You see who Aquaman is supposed to be and how he was portrayed, not just in um, his own film, but how he should have been portrayed in this first iteration. And Josh Whedon dumbed him down because all Josh Whedon can write is very cliche 90s dialogue and jokes that are overdone. I'll never forget reading the article and watching the clip. There's a clip from the original film with... Um, with Wonder Woman, Cal Gagat, and The Flash during the fight in the tunnel. There's a scene where there's things that are meant to kind of crumble on top of her. The scene in the Whedon version, and this is just one example of many that makes it so much different than the Whedon version. In the Whedon version, The Flash sees this thing about to crush Wonder Woman. He jumps forward, which by itself is a little bit like, oh, The Flash has to save Wonder Woman, really? But... He jumps forward, pushes her out of the way, but kind of tumbles with her until he's on top of her in an almost kind of inappropriate manner. And then, you know, does his flash speed thing and stands upright. If you watch that scene carefully, when they're on the floor and the flash is on top of her, her face is pointing away from the camera. Cal Gaget didn't want to do... I'm probably butchering her name too, so forgive me. She did not want to do that scene. She found that scene completely ridiculous. So Josh Whedon brought in a body double. That's not Cal as Wonder Woman on the ground. It's like her stunt double. And the face is pointed away so you don't notice that. She was 110% against that scene happening. And you know what? In Schneider's version, doesn't exist. The scene is completely different. And there are so many things that are completely different. Let alone the things that are being added to it, of course, we all know it's four hours long. And speaking of The Flash, his character by itself has such a huge transformation from what he was in the in, this, in the Josh Whedon version. He is so 
more grounded. He's so much more level-headed. It makes more sense. Like, he was just way, way too doofy in the Josh Whedon version. And because in Josh's mind, you need a character who's kind of, you know, doofy and, you know, you need, like, the screech. It's like Saved by the Bell. He basically did Saved by the Bell for the Justice League. And it was horrible. In this version... It's none of that. Like, talking about the same scene, when they're about to go and save the hostages in the tunnel, there's a scene in the Josh Whedon version when the Flash is like, I don't I don't really do battle. I just push people and run away. That line is in nowhere near this film. You want to know why? Because the Flash looks at the fact that he's on a team and he put, goes into battle. He, he's, he becomes a warrior, and he knows he has to. He doesn't bitch, he doesn't moan, he is the comic relief. The majority of some of the funnier lines are b- dialogue between him and somebody else. And that's because, yes, you do need that, but you need it to be organic. You need it to make sense. And that didn't make sense for The Flash, just because it kind of, it dumped him down. Like, The Flash in Whedon's cut is not the Flash that we got in the Schneider cut, and it's and the Flash in the Snyder Cut is exactly who we deserve. It's exactly what the Flash deserves. Because the Flash can be a fun character, but he is no way, shape, or form the doofy sidekick. He is a legitimate superhero, and he should be taken seriously. And that's what Zack did. And there's a lot of people complaining about how the four hours isn't worth it. It's worth it. Uh, it drags. It, uh... It's like not, it's the same movie, just longer. It's like people who say it's the same movie and that it's longer, they don't go in there with this investment of understanding that we, not only did we wait five years for this version, for the actual version of the man who started the vision, we waited even longer for our superheroes. I'm a very big DC fan, and you probably can tell that from most of the stuff I talk about. I know Marvel history, I don't mind it. It's not my type, my top you know, fandom. I'm a DC fan. When they started doing these, it, it it hits home. Like, you can't go in there and be a movie critic. You have to go in there and be a DC fan. Like, most Marvel fans agree that Thor um, Dark World is the worst one out of all the Thor films. Probably the worst one out of all the Marvel movies that they did for uh, Phase 2. Some may agree, some may not agree, but the majority majority of those people are all fans because they go into that realizing that there's a certain way that they want the characters to, say, be portrayed. There's a certain way the story should hold. And there's also very extreme fans that really want things to be done by the book. They want these things to be comic book orientated. And whether or not they get that is on terms with, say, the director. And what we understood was that we were getting that with Zack Schneider because he has said on numerous occasions the reason why there's a certain style to some of his films that he does like this especially Batman vs Superman 300 uh Man of Steel he thinks of how the film should react as if you were reading a comic book and those who follow him understand that because that's what we do you know you like an actor you read articles about him you read their interviews I like directors, some people do as well, they read interviews, they read articles, and they learn about these things. And he has said before that that's his method. His method is to make you feel as if you were turning the pages of a comic book. And when you take that into consideration, you appreciate his vision a little bit more as well, because you appreciate what he's trying to do. Like, for example, 
a buddy of mine was complaining about how the aspect ratio for this film is uh, uh, four four by three, and that's very weird because instead of having widescreen, which is usually I think sixteen point nine, and the two bars being on the top and the bottom, the two bars are side to side. And I told him that the reason why Zach did that, and he said this in an interview before, is that superheroes are meant to be viewed at a vertical standpoint. Even though there are scenes where they're flying, you're meant to show them in a standing position because superheroes are meant to stand tall. So you need a vertical aspect ratio. And his intent was to hopefully, when all the stuff with COVID dissipates and things start to open up again, he wants to release it in big in big name theaters. He wants it to go to IMAX where there's a square screen and something like that can be portrayed very fluently. And I told him, I'm like, read I sent the article to my buddy. I said, here, dude, read this article. It explains why it's like that. He's like, yeah, but I still don't appreciate that. He, he, he even said, yuck. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But I tried to explain it to him and... I was like, well, I'm not really, I'm kind of not ready to watch it yet, but I'm pretty sure on my big screen in my living room, I think it'll be okay. He's like, dude, I got a big screen and I hate it. And I was like, do you have a big screen? Do you? I don't know. It doesn't look as big as mine. I'm not going to bolt. I'm not going to like talk highly of myself, but I do this because I love watching movies. I love watching TV shows. I have like a 70-inch television in my living room. Yeah, I got a big screen that's bigger than a lot of people's. The bars did not bother me. I actually didn't mind that ratio in and of itself because it's also about my vision. If you think about how you look at things, you look at things straight ahead, not side to side. So this takes the screen and puts it more in a matter where everything that's visual to you is right in front of you. That's me. But again, I also do like widescreen, so I'm not really going to get too much into the aspect ratio. But what I do still want to mention before I leave this episode alone and I move on to other things I want to talk about, I still need to really focus on the fact that it's upsetting because I don't want a lot of the naysayers to influence any other things that could come from a film like this any other perspectives any other not perspectives prospectives like they're talking about how they might want to do a second one now i don't know if zach schneider's going to do it i've heard mixed things about him that him he won't do it he just wanted to do the trilogy now he got to do this but they want more because this is a great thing that just happened they gave everybody their vision and the majority of people i would have to say at least 70 percent of the viewing base fucking loves it like i've talked to a a lot of people and they they think it's fucking great and i've seen things on facebook where people are saying how great it is and in the comments they have friends that are going it was a bore it was too long didn't make any sense it was just as bad as the first one understand something respectfully this will be my final word to all of the viewer, all of the viewers who are naysayers to the film, all of the critics who are naysayers to the film, who who are going to bash this film, who are going to bash Zack Snyder for some reason until the day he quits. To all of you, this was not a film for you. This is a film for the fans. This is a film for the people who struggled 
for five years to prove that not only was it real, but that his vision was more worth it and would have launched many more prospects in the long run. That's who it's for. You are entitled to your opinion. If you don't like it, by all means, don't like it. However, don't let your decision be the deciding factor in whether or not we get more of this because we do deserve it. Just as much as Marvel deserves what they're doing, we deserve something for the DC Universe. And us DC fans, we don't get a lot. We get a lot of Batman, we get a lot of Superman, and this is the, probably the first couple of years in a very long time that we've gotten really solid Wonder Woman. And look what happened with Green Lantern. Green Lantern was a flop, but look at what happened to Shazam. Shazam was a huge hit. So there's, there's potential out there, and they're talking about more Justice League, and they're still talking about The Flash, and this new Batman with Robert Pattinson is going to come out, and I just, I just want it to be successful because I appreciate this universe so much. And I feel like it has the potential to do just as good, if not better, than what Marvel is doing. If they were just given more of an opportunity, and if left people just bashed on it, because not everything is a Martin Scorsese film. And I'm saying it like that because I do feel like a lot of the times, those people are also bashing on some Marvel stuff. There's a lot of people that bashed on WandaVision that are the same people in the same newspaper, well, not newspapers, but like online articles from these newspaper companies like New York Times or uh, NBC Weekly. I've read these things. A lot of them don't like it. And if they don't like WandaVision, they 100% aren't going to like Justice League. And you have to remember, these people aren't doing this for us they're doing this for them they're doing this so they can write an article and be the naysayer they want to be difficult they want to be the people that when everybody zigs they want to zag it's because that makes them stand out in some way that's how i feel again i i've said it a dozen times i'm going to keep saying it you are entitled to your opinion and by all means stick to it preach it it's your right But it's also my right to tell you you're wrong. And that's it.